welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale. Brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's HaleMultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at DiggingDeeper.us. Welcome back. We are on segment number two, our missing person segment. And I have Andy in the studio with me. Hello, my darling. Hello. It's always good to see you. Yes. Good to be here. Okay. We are going to talk about some different things that we learned on the uh, missing persons. Okay. So there are a lot of things that we want to talk about with missing persons. One of them are some of the signs and you know, signals that we, ways we can help, right? Right. Is that what we're going to talk about? Yeah, ways ways we we can, can, yeah. We want to focus on some action steps and some things that we do and that we could recommend to others that they do Mm -hmm. so that we can all help with the problem of so many missing people. Yeah. There's, it seems to be a scourge. It doesn't seem like our awareness is just that much higher. I know it is, but it seems like the numbers are going up. Yes. I agree. I'd like to hear from our correspondent in uh, in Nebraska, uh, Valerie, if she knows. She's a leader of many, many of the local, regional missing persons groups mm-hmm. and does an amazing job trying to help families locate their loved ones and is uh, really helpful there. So maybe she uh, has some information for us, or maybe she'll participate in the chat there. Ding on in to us if you are listening, and we appreciate all of our listeners tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that I was thinking about that we could do would be um, we could cover like what to do, how to recognize things, and ways to get involved. Yeah, that's what I thought we'd cover. Okay. So first of all, and maybe you maybe you came up with some questions too, possibly. And I know you have something up on the screen for me here, too, uh, how to spot the signs of sex trafficking and human human trafficking. trafficking. Human Mm -hmm. trafficking. But before we read that article, I I had a question on here. Okay. What do you do when you get an amber alert? Mm. What do you do? Let's Let's ask the folks out there. What do you guys do when you get an amber alert? Now, be honest. Let's say it's one at 4 a.m., (laughs) <laughs> you shut off your phone, you go back to sleep normally, no, right? Wrong <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that is probably what a lot of us do. Yeah. What could we do? What could we, I know that it, we're not going to get up and, you know, go to the bulletin boards and start calling people when we get an Amber Alert at 4 a.m., but what else could we do? And screenshot it. Excellent idea. Mm-hmm. Yes, because those things seem to come and go. They do. And if... You don't get it screenshot. Do you know where you can go? No. Yes, amberalert.org. You oh. can go straight to there or their Amber Alert Facebook page because there are only a very small number of active cases at any given time. You might think that there are like, what, 10, 100, you know, whatever, open active Amber Alert cases, mm-hmm. and typically there are only one and sometimes none. So take a close look. If you're not sure if you got an Amber Alert, you're not sure if it's been satisfied. In other words, they found the child or yeah. had some other you know, uh, disposition on the case. If you're not sure, please go to AmberAlert.org or just visit 
their Facebook page or even their Twitter <laughs> uh, account. Huh. Uh, I'm sure they have an Instagram and all that. So Amber Alert's a good system. But there is a problem with uh, some of the cases where they're, they don't fit into the criteria right. of the Amber Alert. Like the, like the kid we shared this week. Yeah, okay, so before we go into some of those tips, maybe you want to tell us, since you brought that up, can you tell us what happened with, this was a local kid. Right. T- tell us, and you know, this, this went all the way back to Nebraska, back to Texas, and tell us what happened there that night. Well, um, I got a notice um, just on Facebook, somebody shared that their son uh, just took off. Um, he's 18 years old, and... Um, so he didn't fit in the Amber Alert criteria, right. but he had just taken off 24 hours before. And the reason they were most, mostly the reason they were concerned is because he, he was autistic and, and he only left with $50 in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So, um, he didn't have any means, but they thought he might want to go to Florida or something. So they just wanted to get the word out and let everybody know to keep an eye out for him. And, uh, so... Uh, the community uh, came together and we shared it all over the place and um, he was found the next morning. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a good disposition I, and I think it was because everybody um, got on it right away, you know. Mm-hmm. So, And I think uh, possibly one of the reasons why it was uh, so successful, I think one of the reasons why those shares are so successful mm-hmm. is because the, the kids are still on the social media and if you get enough people all of a sudden just the community just coming together and everybody's searching for you if you're the kid they're looking right. for right that, that i believe that could be a draw for them to come back home yeah that, that oh they do care yeah exactly. right right yeah yeah Exactly. That's a, and you know, I, I didn't think they cared that much that they would actually, you know, get 200 shares and a thousand views and all mm-hmm. the way from Nebraska to Kansas to Oklahoma to Texas. Florida. And and Florida. And yeah, yeah. We, sh- we shared it everywhere. In fact, uh, again, thank you to Valerie who actually joined some local groups up here in Texas in order for her to have better access to helping us in this area. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Just yeah. some really good stuff going on there. Yeah, and and the strategy was not only sharing it on your page, but also sharing it in whatever groups you're in or whatever pages you have. Even if it doesn't really fit the content, everybody right. cares about a missing kid. Yeah, it's stuff you know? that people don't complain about, right? Right, right. Yeah. Like exactly. uh, garage sales was what uh, mm-hmm. she suggested. Yeah, and she's right. done that. So, right. in fact... That's another story about how the word gets around. Valerie joined a garage sale group in Canada just in order to talk to this lady that seemed quite desperate about the situation there in Canada. That lady is now our Our Canadian correspondent. Nice. Yes. Valerie's Valerie's really good at getting us connected, isn't she? Yes, she (laughs) is. Sandra Nee, our... Canadian yes. correspondent in Toronto. Yes. All right. So what are some of the other things here? Uh, should we go ahead and read this article? Did you want to read through this? You've read through this before. Did you want to go ahead and read through it for us? Yeah, let's or go maybe ahead. We could, yeah, we could go through it together. Bounce back and forth. Are you able yeah. to do that? So um, this article um, actually is 
part of this article was from uh, another source. Um, and I had it on there, but for some reason it disappeared. But uh, anyway, this information is out there in more than one way. But it's also on our blog now so that it's easier for you to find. Yeah, so that's uh, go to diggingdeeper.us and just click on articles. articles. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, ways to spot the signs of human trafficking. There are actually six key areas you need to know. And this will go through that. Human trafficking is happening all around us. Victims are hidden away. But it's possible you'll encounter individuals or situations of concern. Knowing how to spot the signs could save lives. The indicators should be considered together. And even if you are able to apply one or two or even three to a person, they are not necessarily trafficked. However, if you have any suspicious suspicions about human trafficking, you should go ahead and report it anyway. Um, there is a comprehensive guide to um, trusted resources for reporting um, on the OUR, Operation Underground Railroad. And there's a link on that um, on that article to Operation Underground Railroad on ways on how you can actually report. So there are several ways that you can do that, and it it's their trusted links. Mm-hmm. And that is actually appears in the article on mm-hmm. diggingdeeper.us. So uh, that'll be a link to the OUR. Right. It's called a comprehensive guide there in this third paragraph. Right. I see a sign there. Not, you taught me this. I didn't know this before yesterday. I Yeah. The international sign for help me? For um, violence at home. Violence at home, huh? Yes. Yes. They, it's the violence at home signal for help. And what they do is they'll hold up their hand like they're going to wave or they'll hold it out. And then they'll put their thumb down into the center they'll tuck their thumb into the center of their palm and then they'll bring all four fingers down as if their thumb is trapped so it looks like a wave but it's a a distinctive wave you know um the video uh, if you uh search for signal for help you can find the video where it shows several people using the sign in different ways yeah, so, we saw that. That's really good. So you can also pick that up. Uh, we'll put that on our Rumble channel as well as in the Digging Deeper On Demand videos. Oh, yes. So we'll put That's it a great there. idea. So what are some general indicators? Um, trafficking victims are often lured into another country by false promises. And so they may not easily trust others. They may be... Fearful of police or authorities. Mm -hmm. Fearful of the trafficker, believing that their life or family members' lives are at risk if they escape. If they exhibit signs of physical or psychological trauma, like anxiety, lack of memory of recent events, bruising, or untreated conditions are often signs. They're fearful of telling others about their situation. Very quiet. Unaware that they've been trafficked and believe they're simply in a bad job. Mm. Listen for folks like that that normalize what they do is just a bad job and I can give you clues. They have limited freedom or movement. They may complain about how restrictive their partner is or their loved one or someone. 
uh, a lot of times they're not even paid. Right. Or paid very little. So that's an indicator. They have limited access to medical care because they don't want to get reported. Right. They seem to be in debt to someone. Indebted or in debt. Like a slave. Mm-hmm. They have no passport or mention that someone else is holding their passport or ID. Mm. Yeah. yeah, who's got your ID? Why would anybody have your ID? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Be regularly moved to avoid detection. And some people even believe that they're being controlled by witchcraft. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then they talk about um, the the sexual exploitation, which is the one we normally think of when we think of a trafficked individual. Mm -hmm. But ordinary, ordinary residential housing and hotels are being used more and more for brothels. People forced into sexual exploitation may be moved between brothels, sometimes from city to city. They may be sleeping on work premises. They could display a limited amount of clothing, which a large proportion is sexual. They would display substance misuse or abuse. They could be forced, intimidated, or coerced into providing sexual services. They could be subjected to abduction, assault, or rape. They would be unable to travel freely, like picked up and dropped off at work location by another person. So um, they got to wait for their ride or something like that. They have money for their services provided, collected by somebody else. So their services provided, if, if you're not handing it directly to that person, somebody else has to take it on. So that's, that's a, another key indicator. There's also forced labor. You know, sexual exploitation isn't the only thing. So there's forced labor, where all the work is done under the menace of a penalty, or the person has not offered himself voluntarily and is now unable to leave. They may experience threat or physical harm, restriction of movement again, debt bondage, like working to pay off a loan or a debt. Often the victim is paid very little or nothing at all. Um, withholding of pay or excessive reductions. Withholding of documents, like their passport and security card, like they talked about ahead, you know, mm -hmm. before. Threat of revealing to the authorities an irregular immigration status. Mm -hmm. So that's why they put, a lot of times the forced labor is illegals. Mm -hmm. Okay. Their employer is unable to produce documents required. There's poor or non-existent health and safety standards. Again, they don't get treated like they need to. Um, there's a requirement to pay for their tools and their food so they aren't even provided the basic necessities when they're in this uh, form of slavery. Um, the um, imposed place of accommodations and deductions are made for it. So they're made to stay at a specific place and their pay is reduced for their housing pay that is less than minimum wage, dependence on an employer for services, no access to a labor contract, or excessive work hours, or few to little or no breaks. So that's the, the second specific kind. 
Then we get into the ugliest of them. Oh, uh, you want me to handle those? Yeah. Mm. Talk about those ugly things. We're talking about child abuse. And this is not necessarily even um, child sexual abuse. This is just child abuse in general, which could be even the parents, which is even the saddest part, you know? Mm-hmm. You may notice a child that is often missing or truant, secretive, has unexplained money or presence. Ooh, that's, yeah. Mm. Experimenting with drugs or alcohol. And today, guys, these drugs are deadly on a speck. A speck of these drugs can kill your children. Fentanyl. Mm, yeah. Gosh. Oh, and, and now they're discovering things worse. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it's absolutely dangerous. And the little candies, that, that those have fentanyl-laced candies. I just, mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. Folks, I have to break into this article for a second. Just please, 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 please tell your children not to eat anything. Don't let them eat anything like you did, like we did. Like, hey, man, eat this. Oh, what is it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 don't eat that. No way, man. Don't eat that, man. <laughs> so we're not messing around. We've had kids around us that have died from experimenting with, with drugs. Mm-hmm. Kids also um, that are associated or being groomed by older people, not in their normal networks. Uh, they might be in relationships with significantly older people. These are red flags, people. I mean, come on. These are so easy. I'm reading these things like, I think everybody knows this, Captain Obvious. Okay. (laughs) You got a 15-year-old at home and they're talking to some 30-year-old or 40-year-old, you know, and, oh, yeah, of course you're saying, okay, the person doesn't say they're 40. They said they're only 20. Yeah, right. Uh, Everybody's honest Mm. behind a computer. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Taking part in social activities with no plausible explanation. Seen entering or leaving vehicles with unknown adults. Showing evidence of physical or sexual assault, including STDs. Or now they call them STIs. Mm, Infections instead of disease. And showing signs of low self-image and self-harm, like cutting, or eating disorders. Mm -hmm. You know, those are just a few of the signs. There are so many signs, but just use your common noggin. Just think about it. Especially parents, if you have a child or if you've ever been around children, you just know when something isn't right. You have right. that parental instinct. Right. If you don't, I'm sorry. Then please recognize these signs if you don't. Criminal activities is another one. This person is recruited and forced or deceived into conducting some, some form of criminal activity such as pickpocketing, begging... Some sort of drug dealing or fraudulent activities. It's just uh, anybody that's trying to talk you into doing something illegal. Mm -hmm. So the same indicators are for forced labor. Windows of property are permanently covered from the inside. Visits to property are at unusual times. Uh... The property may be residential. They're talking about uh, possible drug houses or places where you might find fraudulent activities. So these are 
little bit harder to detect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unusual noises coming from a property uh, or smells, you know, like a meth lab or something like that. Or yeah. Just, yeah, stinky, just things stinky. that just don't fit right. Just things that don't sit right with you. Right. Uh, in houses. Like, for instance, that house, was that in Texas or Tennessee where they found 50 people living in a house? 60 people? I think it was Tennessee. Tennessee, 90 yeah. people living in a house. And it was just a little three-bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 90 people in a three-room, three-bedroom house yeah. is, an, a living, is a living arrangement that you might, might, just might, might consider a little unusual. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. And that criminal activity they were involved in is human smuggling. Right. Right. And also there is... Domestic servitude. A particularly serious form of denial of freedom. It includes the obligation to provide certain services and the obligation to live on another person's property without the possibility of changing those circumstances. They may be living or working for a family in a private home, but not be eating with the rest of the family. They may have no bedroom or proper sleeping place, have no private space. They could be forced to work excessive hours on call 24 hours a day. They uh, may never leave the house without the employer. They could be malnourished or be reported as missing or accused of a crime by their employer if they try to escape. So That sounds a lot like slavery. Yes, that's exactly what domestic servitude is. Well, they never said that word anywhere, did they? Did I hear you say that anywhere in this whole article? I don't think so. What is going they on? They just re you know, everything is renamed now. It's slavery, people. Yes. Do you believe in slavery? Watch that old movie. What's that name? Which one? Uh well <laughs> the one by the with the guy with the funny long name who helped abolish slavery. Oh, well uh, William Wilberforce. Wilberforce. Yes. Wilberforce. Wilberforce was the guy who actually stood up and mm-hmm. said, I'm not going to put up for this crap over there. He said, slavery's got to end. And that name of that movie was... Amazing like Grace. The name of a song, Amazing yes, that Grace. that was an awesome movie. He was the one who kicked off the slavery isn't good. That's, but you know yes. what? Human nature is evil. And as much as you try... It's still hard to uh, get rid of all of that. So. Yeah, hard or impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So another um, another thing in that is another link to OUR. Um, they have a little good news. They, I, I like to go to OUR because they tell about their positive stories. Um, mm-hmm. So, and OUR again is Operation, uh, Operation Underground, Underground Railroad. Railroad. Right. And that's Tim Ballard. Right. The not Ex- star of the show, but the one that the story is based on, The Sound mm-hmm. of Freedom. Right. Starring Jim Caviezel, who what? was Jesus on the cross in The Passion of the Christ. Right. And he was also the Count of Monte Cristo. Which I have no idea about. And so he is an amazing actor, and he truly feels the part, the roles. Um, but uh, yeah, he said that that movie is going to be out third quarter or fourth quarter, the end of the year. Oh, I think he said third quarter. Third, no, four. It's the fourth quarter. Fourth. Oh, right, because right? the football right? analogy. Football, right. It's the fourth quarter, and we've got to do something. 
Right. So it'll come out so, in the fourth quarter. So what, October? October, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. October. So um, we won't get to see that anytime soon, but uh, I'm excited to see it when it does come out. Um, but there's a sound bite on here about just how opera- Operation Underground Railroad works with other countries. So did you want to go ahead and play that first? Yeah, I'll do that. And this okay. link that we're getting this from, Operation Underground Railroad is at ourrescue.org. Mm-hmm. And we're specifically on the stories page. And we're going to go ahead and listen to a little clip here. Again, yeah, OUR is not just about entering a country and rescuing kids. There's a lot of NGOs. For instance, the, the two NGOs I work with in India, they are locals. Their staff is local. They understand the culture. They understand the language. And so, again, how we can empower them, how we can partner with them, how we can train them. So eventually, one day, OUR isn't needed there. That doesn't just include um, local NGOs, but that includes the government, the police. We would like to, one, be invited by the country, because we never want to go in there and act like we're their experts. But we just want to be able to partner and empower them to combat the problem themselves. Human trafficking is a problem everywhere, to include the United States. Um, some countries, again, just don't have the resources, the training, um, the funding to be able to combat this. But if OUR can go in there and train police um, or a particular task force or their government and how to do these undercover investigations or how to investigate brothels, massage parlors, um, what to look for in regards to traffickers, the questions to ask some of the victims are, are they in restrictive movement? Um, where do they come from? Those type of things to eventually one day that, that, that country is self-sustaining in regards to handling their own issue and, and OER doesn't need to be there anymore. I think that's the end goal is to be able to go in there and empower and, and assist and help together to combat this problem to one day <clears throat> we don't have we don't need I don't need a job anymore in, in, in all actuality our hopes is that we've worked and we've helped so many people and we've helped so many countries and NGOs that we really don't there's no purpose for OUR anymore yeah And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. We appreciate you listening. And remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light.